there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom, what up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Live and direct still in the Holy Land. All-Star Week is about to get underway as the Home Run Derby, which is one of the most boring things I've ever been to in my life, and I've been twice. I dig the long ball, you dig the long ball. It is an incredibly, incredibly boring, boring display of boorishness. Nonetheless, people are going to watch. Home Run Derby is kind of like, um, and they keep changing it. They keep evolving it. They try and speed it along. It's better on TV than it is in person. But even on TV, it's like, how many ways can you possibly describe? It, I mean, when Chris Berman did it, it was annoying. But, I mean, how many ways can you possibly describe a home run? Seriously. Still, I want to see Aaron Judge and how far and hard he hits a baseball. Who doesn't? 
Uh, the starting pitchers have been announced for the All-Star game. Max Scherzer, who has the lowest whip, who has the lowest whip in the National League. Of course, he's won a Cy Young Award in the National and American League. Uh, so he narrowly beats out, you know, Clayton Kershaw, obviously could have been a starter. Kershaw with a .88 whip, Scherzer with a .78 whip. Scherzer has a slightly lower ERA, although he has fewer wins. And this, of course, means a couple of things. One, it's about reputation, but also it just it shows. And look, Clayton Kershaw has been great. I'm not here to tell you Kershaw hasn't been great and that Kershaw wouldn't have a have a fighting chance at a Cy Young Award um, if it was a, if it were announced today. But it also shows that we don't solely pay attention to wins and losses as uh, Kershaw is 14 and two and Scherzer is 10 and five. Uh, Chris Sale also the lowest whip in the American League. That helps his cause. Whereas Jason Vargas actually has the lowest ERA. Um, and Jason Vargas has to also has more wins on the year. And he's playing with an inferior team in the Kansas City Royals. And yet uh, Chris Sale gets to start second consecutive year. Second consecutive year that Chris Sale gets to start for the American League with a, this time with a different team. That's, you know, last year White Sox, this year with uh, the Red Sox. I continue to not understand why every team needs an all-star. Don't get it. Not every, we don't need participation trophies for 25-year-olds. We just don't. We don't need participation trophies for cities that already know they suck at baseball. Hey, we suck at baseball. Thanks for pointing out the fact that we couldn't find anybody good enough to be considered a real all-star. So you added a middle relief pitcher. Nonetheless, it's in Miami, which uh, is an organization that they had John Carlos Stanton and they have a cool stadium and it's in Miami in the summer indoors. I, I, it's just it's one of those things where baseball sometimes can't get out of its own way. It just can't. And look, baseball regionally very healthy on television. Baseball attendance wise, pretty darn healthy. Baseball is going to have a spectacular, a spectacularly rated for them, for them. I'm not saying it's going to be Super Bowl. And you're probably not going to get the same push from the Cubs Cubs fans, unless, of course, the Cubs go on a run. But, like, look, if the Cubs can turn this thing around, which I do think at some point talent, uh, you know, cream rises to the top. I mean, but they have a, a worse ru- uh, run differential than the St. Louis Cardinals, for example. I mean, it's crazy. Then the Texas Rangers. I mean, they have a, the, the Chicago Cubs have scored the exact same number of runs as they have given up, and we are... 88 games into the season. That is bizarre how bad they've been. But there's tons of infighting and ego and immaturity in that uh, in that locker room, and that's the only possible explanation for why they've been so well, very average. And it's subpar considering their talent. But look, baseball is going to have the Red Sox, the Yankees, um, the Astros, which the Astros don't have a vibrant fan base. Do you know the Astros are 16 and a half games up? I mean, 16 and a half games up at, at the All-Star break. The Nationals, probably the Cubs, and the Dodgers. Like, all the major markets, all big-name teams, big-name players are going to be playing in postseason. It's going to be, for baseball, a a very well-watched um, postseason. But, like, of the of the times that you want to be in Miami, 
This is quite possibly the last pie. Outside of hurricane season, there is no time you'd less want to be in Miami than right now. Right? Then right now. And I get it. It's a reward for building a new stadium that people still don't go to because the team's not any good. But Miami in the summer? Ugh. 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 Uh, Rob Manfred had this to say about the fact that more home runs are being hit now than, well, ever in baseball. I think the sport goes through cycles. Yeah. You know, sometimes pitching's dominant. Um, sometimes hitters are more dominant. We have seen a change in the way that the game is taught at the youth level, um, a change in approach at the major league level, way more analytics, way more tolerance of plays like strikeouts that people didn't used to so like. So uppercut your swing. Right. Less interest in the stolen base, you know, all these analytics. Right. And it, it, as a result, the game's being played a little different. Um, I will say our research shows our fans like home runs yeah which is why they changed the strike zone like are our players our players um are, are many of them changing the trend of hitting on the top half of the baseball and hitting middle or even lower half of the baseball it's baseball players say they're money in the air not in the ground yeah there's a little bit of that but it also helps home run hitters when they don't have nearly as big a zone up or down to be called a strike Pitchers are throwing harder than they've ever thrown. So the ball should, if the contact's made, go further. I do think that weight training um, and off-season training and swing development, um, I think all of these things are important. But Rob Manfred could at least be honest. And it's like, it, it would be like if Adam Silver didn't at least tip the cap to the fact that, hey, 10 years ago, we changed the way we called the game. And because of it, now we have all these three-point shots, which artificially increases some of the stats and many of the final scores. Well, it's the same thing in baseball. It changed the way the strike zone's called. It changed the way the strike zone's called. So if the strike zone is smaller, you have to. They, there's less to see, less spots to see. And you can sit back, wait for your pitch. And if you don't think that that's a reality... Well, then why did they change the strike zone to begin with? And why has there been such results? Right? The control group has been the last 10 years since they've taken steroids out of baseball to which home runs have been an all-time low. <laughs> they changed the strike zone and all of a sudden now it's the influx of the new hitting style in Little League Baseball? Like, stop it. That was born at night, not last night. Bruce Arians is going to join the show upcoming in uh, seven or eight minutes. I, I want to ask him about the idea of having Larry Fitzgerald back, even though Larry Fitzgerald thought at least to some level about retirement. And we got to ask him about Carson Palmer. How much does he have left in the tank? How affected was he by uh, the playoffs two years ago? We'll ask Bruce Arians in a moment. Want to get to this. Over the weekend, James Harden agreed to the largest extension in the history of the NBA, which will pay him $47 million a year. Now, on, on one hand, this does help with the argument, which is the opposite of many arguments people have, have made. And it's accurate. You get paid for the regular season. Like, people want to ask, well, why don't NFL players strike? They deserve more money. Well, there's more NFL players. They play a sport to which they're more likely to be injured. 
So there's a less likelihood that they'll play every game or play for three, four, five-year guaranteed contracts. And oh yeah, by the way, they only play 16 games. Why do Major League Baseball players, why, why is Bryce Harper going to sign for $400 million or somewhere in the neighborhood of? Because in addition to inflation and in addition to the market and what he can do with the baseball and that he's an everyday player, if Bryce Harper plays 150 games, it's the amount of appearances he makes. Right? Like basketball players and football players and baseball players are no different than musicians these days. Musicians don't make money. They make a little bit of money off downloads. They make money based upon how many concerts they do. Like, why do these groups keep touring? Because that's where the money is. They don't love you, Cleveland. They love the fact that the more shows they do, with the lower overhead they have, the more money they make. That's why they love you, Cleveland. We love you, Cleveland. You're in Columbus. Anyway. So, look, you get paid for the regular season. Your legacy is based upon the postseason, which tells you all you need to know about James Harden. Sure, he welcomed in Chris Paul. They're trying to get Carmelo Anthony. That team, this all seems like a short-term, not a long-term solution. Because while James Harden, based upon the salary cap, the collective bargain agreement, and where he is in his contract, is entitled to the largest increase in the history of the NBA. By letter of the law, he is entitled to it. But isn't, didn't James Harden struggle in the playoffs? Like, look, he was bad in the playoffs in two deciding games when the San Antonio Spurs didn't have Tony Parker, who blew his, out his quadriceps tendon, and didn't have Kawhi Leonard. Remember that? Kawhi Leonard didn't even play, and they lost at home to the San Antonio Spurs. And the argument we heard that James Harden needs help. Well, I don't know if there's a salary cap, which at some point becomes uh, a fixed number to which you can go over, but you, you have you can spend within kind of the confines of. And you have one guy taking up forty seven million dollars of that cap. And I know they got Chris Paul and I know they'll probably get Carmelo Anthony on the chief. That's their hope or they'll trade away or whatever. Isn't that prohibitive from, doesn't that prohibit you from getting the type of well-rounded cast it's going to take to actually beat the Golden State Warriors, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or any of these other teams? The answer, of course, is yes, which tells you that James Harden cares not about his legacy. He cares about his regular season. Should have won the MVP one of the past three years. And how much money he makes. But don't ever tell me it's about winning when you take all that money. Don't ever tell me that. All right, we'll turn to football upcoming next. Bruce Arians is our guest. Bruce Arians is our guest. Um, we got to catch up on the Arizona Cardinals as we get ready for training camp. The Niners being down, the Rams still kind of trying to figure out if they have their guy at quarterback. It seems like they should challenge the Seahawks, seeing as they've challenged the Seahawks in the past. But last year didn't work out so well. We'll ask B.A. He joins us next. The Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. For 3000 off MSRP, whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Bruce Arians is going to join us in moments. He has a new book out. It's uh, 
It's called the Quarterback Whisperer. Uh, you know, here's a guy who worked with Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, now Carson Palmer, Tim Couch. Obviously, that didn't work out so well. And, uh, and Peyton Manning. Get his thoughts on the differences in the star quarterbacks and why some guys who have so many of the tangibles can't put the intangibles together. Like, what is it that separates those guys? More so than just, you know, like at some point he wants to take credit, I'm sure, for his coaching. But some of it is in the makeup of those men. So Bruce Arians will, will join us. Cardinals are interesting. Oh, he's, he's joined us great. Bruce Arians joins us. The book is The Quarterback Whisperer. Uh, Bruce, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Um, let's, let, let's start with the book. Uh, you've worked with some of the best. Obviously, Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer uh, more recently, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. What is it in your mind from somebody who works with these men on a daily basis and helps mold them? What is it that allows them to succeed? Because there's other quarterbacks that have the tangible goods, have the arm strength, have the feet, have some of the vision. What is it that that separates the guys that make it, that do it, from the guys that can't? Well, each one of those guys is different, but there's one common thread, and that's the grit that uh, that re- they refuse to lose. Type of, and any, I don't care what sport they're playing, if it's golf, tennis, ping pong, uh, whatever, they're going to will their on everybody on their team to win and they just hate losing you mentioned they're all different all right so i'll say i'll say one of their names you'd give me one kind of bullet point on what separates them big ben oh superman in what way he's he's got a cape you know he's he never thinks there's a play that's dead and it never is because he bounces off people. He does things that no one else can do. I mean, that's Superman. He makes more touchdowns on broken plays. Uh, he, he'll kill you on the on the regular design play, but he really kills you on the broken plays. Andrew Luck. All uh, the Bruce. A- a- go ahead. All of the above. He's he's all he's all the others in one. Um, having had Manning, Roethlisberger, uh, Tim Couch, and, and those guys. Uh, he's all of those guys in one um, brilliant, brilliant young man. What, what about what about Peyton? I mean, Peyton is so accomplished, and yet there were the postseason uh, failings of the team. Um, what what you, when you're when you're sitting there and you're watching tape and you're talking to Peyton Manning, what was the one thing that was different about Peyton Manning from anybody else? Well, his I called him the piranha because he could just eat up so much information and and desire to have all this information. Uh, most guys, it would have been paralysis through analysis. He got better with more and more information um, than anybody else could handle. All right, you're, you're now working, obviously, with Carson Palmer. Big year for him is salary dips, so it, it feel, feels like either he stays and keeps playing or maybe retires for, for a second time. Uh, he had arguably his best season as a pro with you a couple years ago. Obviously, he had some really good years in, in Cincinnati previous to that. What about Carson Palmer is different from the rest of the star quarterbacks you work with? Oh, so the work ethic. I mean, he, he truly he, he works, sometimes works too hard. Uh, I think he overworked last summer and came into camp with a little bit of a, a sore arm. And then uh, we we found out later that uh, a better work regimen for him. And then this spring, uh, holding him out a little bit. But um, workaholic, I mean, weight room, studying, 
loves virtual reality now and uh, uses it tremendously. Bruce Arians joins us. The Quarterback Whisperer is the book. You can pick it up. Stug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I mentioned it's a big year. You had a lot of turnover on the defensive side of the ball, losing four starters. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, at least on some level, thought about walking away. He's a free agent at the end of of this season. How important do you think success, the playoffs, is? Uh, it's important every year, but how important is it specifically this year to your team? Oh, every year, and we have, when we have one goal, that's to win the Super Bowl. Uh, we got to get into the playoffs first, and hopefully win our division. I mean, those are goals that we set every year, and then we put them aside, and we start going to work every day and, uh, and accomplish the things that we want to accomplish in that practice every day. But uh, I love this football team. I thought the additions were much better than the subtractions on defense, and um, offensively, we got everybody healthy and. Uh, um, John Brown looks to be healthy again, which would be huge for us. Uh, but defensively, Carlos Dansby and Antoine Bethea were great additions to our to our team. Uh, and the draft, Robert Kendici is healthy now after his rookie year, had that high ankle sprain all year. So I really like where our defense is. All right, I want to get back to this book really quickly. Um, the book is not just quarterback whisper, but how to build an elite NFL quarterback. Bruce, I'm a I'm a father of an eight year old boy, right? I got no idea how big he's going to be, but he's got a good arm. But the question that all of us parents ask ourselves is, when do we do we specialize? And you're a guy who watches and molds and coaches elite NFL quarterbacks. If you could advise a father of a burgeoning quarterback, would you tell them to focus on just being a quarterback? And if so, at what age? No, I would play all sports. I, I don't like specialization. I, I think uh, athletes – um, have to be, they have to play two or three different sports to become a real good athlete and train all the muscles in your body uh, to become a great athlete. I don't think you can do that through weightlifting and things, especially at 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. you got to play every sport and um, become a leader. I mean, leadership is probably the number one thing in, in, in playing quarterback. Uh, throwing in the football is probably second. Uh, so, um, But to me, I, I'm not one of these guys that, hey, 10th, 10 years old, you only play baseball or you only play football. You go to these camps. To me, you're depriving that guy from becoming a truly rounded athlete. Um, okay, so leadership is number one. How, throwing a football is number is number two. Um, look, you have in Southern California, you have two elite quarterbacks, but they're both very young. All right? You have Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold. Darnold is just a redshirt freshman, did not start all of last year. What about the idea of of when you come out of college and not you can't I know you can't talk about these players specifically, but for somebody who has helped so many achieve so much in the NFL, how much how many games do they need to play? How many years do they need to play in college as a starter before they have at least some sort of database and then step into a completely more difficult uh, sport in the National Football League? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see guys stay three years, but um, each one's so individually different. Um, their family situations, whatever it is as far as entering the draft at any position. But a quarterback, I think you need to play at least three years. And, um, you know, if you're 20 and you're stepping in a huddle with 32-year-old lineman with four kids, I don't know how good a leader you're going to be yet. You know, uh, you better be damn sure you know everything you know about your offense 
uh, if one of these guys asks you a question. So uh, it's a little bit different from being the stud in college and stepping into a huddle at the NFL with guys 10 and 12 years older than you who've been doing it for a long time and are feeding families, and you're the guy that's going to put bread on their table. Do you know right away, like, can you watch a guy play, even in his first year, and say, he ain't got it, or he's got it, before anybody else, if you watch him play in the NFL, can you tell, or or can they evolve over time? Tell me how your brain works. I, I think they can evolve, yes. Uh, so much of it depends on the team that they get on and the culture of that locker room. Um, you know, if you're the number one pick, you're going probably the worst team in the league. Unless somebody traded up for you, then you got really lucky. Uh, so, you know, I look back at Timmy Couch and David Carr, two guys I thought were tremendous, got put on expansion teams and just got broken up. I coached Tim Couch. He was a hell of a player. No way in any way was he ever a bust. He got broken up. Last time the Browns went to the playoffs, Tim Couch took him and then broke his leg in the last game. But it's your, it's your football is the greatest game because there's 22 guys. You know, everybody says, oh, this quarterback's not great. He doesn't have that many Super Bowl wins. Well, he might not have a defense. Uh, so there's so many ramp- there's so many variables in the winning, not necessarily playing great quarterback. Well, it's a great, a great point about Tim Couch. A great point about uh, David Carr. Of course, was you know sacked it seemed like a thousand times during that expansion year, and they lost. Of course, Tony Pazelli never played from the first pick of the expansion draft. Could have protected him. Hey, Bruce, it's a great book. Uh, you can get it on Amazon wherever books are, are are sold. The Quarterback Whisperer: How to Build an Elite NFL Quarterback from a Guy Who Has Done It and Continues to Do It in the Desert. He's Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. BA, thanks so much for joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. All right, thank you, brother. All the, all the best. All right, thanks so much. Bruce Arians joins us. I mean, I just, I'm sorry. I like talking quarterbacks, right? And he, he does make, it's a really, really important distinction to make. Not all quarterbacks suck because they suck. Sometimes quarterback, he was using, his term is broken up. Like, you know, you get shell-shocked. You're constantly, you, your feet get quicker, your release gets quicker. I mean, if you watch, um, you know, the, the best example is is Philip Rivers, who by all accounts, by anybody's account, though his throwing motion is 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 different. Like he is a tremendous he's a lead quarterback, but he's played on bad Chargers teams. And last year he turned the ball over a bunch. And part of it was he's had a bad line for years. And when you have a bad line, you do what what Eli Manning was doing last year. You get rid of it super, super, super quick is I'm getting rid of it quick because I'm tired of getting hit. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Remember when Danny Ainge was an idiot? It was like a week ago. Wasn't it a week ago that Danny Ainge was an idiot? Oh, Danny Ainge is an idiot. An idiot. What is he doing? Why didn't he go get Paul George? I mean, all it took was two players to go get Paul George. All it took was Victor Oladipo and Domas Sabonis, and you could have had Paul George. Why did he do that? Mm, I don't know. Here's a thought. Maybe he didn't want Paul George. Like, you ever think maybe he's like, eh, okay. Like, in order to get Paul George, I got to trade away guys. A lot of guys. Uh, I got to trade with a lot of guys. 
And um, maybe he knows that Jason Tatum's going to be really good. Jalen Brown's going to be really good. Gordon Hayward's going to be really good. He likes Marcus Smart's toughness. You know, he might need an... I still think they need another guard. As they went from guard heavy to swingman heavy. But I watched Jason Tatum play in Summer League, and obviously the back-to-backs, he wasn't as good in the second part of the back-to-backs. But you watch him play, and you're like... And, and I listen, I also know that Jason Tatum's the most ready to play of any of the NBA draft prospects. But it's just... It, it's altogether possible that in watching NBA Summer League, which I think most of us as sports fans, you might have passing interest on Lonzo Ball and how that circus would work. Terrible first game, triple-double second game. Markel Fultz, really good. Then he sprains his ankle. He's out for the remainder. Did you watch these guys play? Dennis Smith, who just, he's a freak show athletically. Just naps. Same thing with De'Aaron Fox. Great end-to-end speed. Oh, my gosh. You watch them play, and you just salivate over there. Like, Wow. These guys got a chance to be Now, look, it's not against NBA competition. It's like a, it's a beginning. It's a baby step, toe in the water to what it's going to be like in the NBA. And not only do they, are they playing against inferior players right now compared to the ones they're going to play against, but they're also not playing, you know, four nights in a week to which you have no legs and you're just dead tired and you're playing against better competition. But is it possible? It's just, oh, maybe it's just possible that uh, Danny Ainge knows what he's doing. That's what I. That's the only thought that came through my mind when I'm watching Jason Tatum. Because I've heard my brethren at Fox Sports. I've heard Colin Coward. Oh, you're just holding on to prospects. You're still, you're not close to the Cavs. You're not like, okay. But Jason Tatum makes him better, yes? Marcus Morris makes him better, yes? Gordon Hayward makes him better, yes? Yes, yes. Jalen Brown is going to continue to get better, correct? Correct. And they have three first-round draft picks next year, as well as all of these players that they can still kind of move and manipulate and refine their roster. Okay. It's possible that your vision for how it should be isn't how it should be. I use this all the time. Um, music, you're tough. You don't own a house. Uh, I know, Ramos, you own your house. You had the same house since 99, right? That's affirmative, Doug. All right, same house since the Ramos family occupies. Ramos! Do you have an open kitchen concept? Like, is your kitchen out in the open to, like, a great room, or is it... Um, it's, tell me what the, the, the style of kitchen as to the rest of the house is. It is not an open kitchen, though. We really want an open kitchen, but it is not. It, it is separated by a door. By a door? In yeah. case you just take out the wall, and we, is that, that, that what has to happen? You take out the yes. wall. Now, is there, a, is there an eat-in in the kitchen, or is it just kitchen? It has a breakfast nook, so oh, we can eat in there, nook. yeah. Very nice. Breakfast nook. I can just, I can just imagine Ramos's house if it was ever for sale. It has a beautiful breakfast nook. <laughs> That's wonderful, exactly right. Wonderful eat-in kitchen, family environment. This has been a true home, as uh, the owners have lived in it for 18 years. Anyway, um... So when you watch any of these HGTV shows, right, like the Property Brothers, they're actually friends of mine, the Property Brothers. They do the open concept thing. They go, oh, they want to be the opening. Yes, it was a name drop. Sorry. Anyway, we watch these things that are like open concept. Now, look, I don't want to close off. I don't just want kitchen. Okay? And I don't just want kitchen. And I'm like, Ramos, like you don't necessarily just want kitchen and breakfast nook. But I will tell you that when your kitchen opens to like the family room, and it's like this big, great, great room, and it's a total open concept. Like, 
Sometimes you want a separation of church and state, right? Sometimes you want to cook and have a conversation because everybody has a tendency to migrate towards the kitchen. Sometimes you want the kitchen to have its own eat-in, have its own bar, but not be open to the TV room because the TV's always loud, right? And sometimes you want the kitchen to be quiet or sometimes the kitchen is in fact loud and the TV is loud, which makes the great room really loud. The point is this, that you can think that it's like if you're a builder, like you can think like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to build an open concept because everybody likes an open concept. But that's your thinking of your hopes and dreams matching up with what somebody else wants in their home. You know, your idea of how an architect should create flow on the first floor and how they should put the bedrooms and the Jack and Jill and the other, and then the, if you have a guest room or whatever, on the second floor or whatever you have in the house, like that, that doesn't necessarily match up with everybody else. My point is that your vision of the Celtics and what they should do, they should go get Paul George. They didn't do it, they blew it. They should have had a Paul George and should have had Gordon Hayward. You know, you can't do that with sour cap. Doesn't matter, should have done it anyway. Your vision of what somebody else wants, not necessarily. There are other people that are like, you know, here's the thing. Um, the all-white look, the white and grayish. I don't know if you guys know this. Right now, everybody's white and grayish at the whole house. The kitchen is always white. And it's always an open concept. And that's going to change. It's going to evolve. Not everybody wants that. Not everybody wants that. Anyway. So... I remember when Danny Ainge was an idiot, and now it appears he's not. Ben Simmons says he's a starting point guard in the NBA. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? Find out next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You know, we haven't caught up with our good friend Dan Beyer, who, uh, I look, this is a big update. I don't know if you, Rafa Nadal lost in, uh, at, at Wimbledon. Remember when Rafa Nadal was the greatest tennis player ever? And now he's not. But I, I do think this, when you're down two sets to love, to come back and fourth, not just a fifth set, to, uh, um, to, you know, to, to, to play that long and that hard, and uh, although he came up short, there is a certain grind to it. There's like, it's one of the things that people used to respect about Tiger Woods when he was the best golfer in the world was that Tiger Woods never missed a cut and would always find a way to sneak into a top 10 or just, you know, get out with without a ton of blood on the car, just grind through a bad round. That's what happened with Rafa Nadal. But it is interesting on how we've gone from uh, Roger Federer is the greatest ever to Rafa Nadal is the greatest ever to Novak Djokovic is the greatest ever to back to Roger Federer, back to Nadal after the French Open, and now he's he's out. Let's get to the, my sack. Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. <laughs> and Andy Murray, Doug, is the top seed at Wimbledon. So it's, uh, it's quite a change over these last couple of years, but... Uh, Federer and Sampras, though, really, I think of our generation, really the top two, wouldn't you say? Tennis. Um, yeah, I mean, I do have to hold it somewhat against. Have either of them won the French? I, I don't. Yeah, Roger uh, I know did. Sampras Roger didn't win did the French. once, yes. Yeah, Roger did once. I do think you have to win on clay. Um, 
That that be that would be my thing. I think we all liked Sampras more than he was. I don't think he was as good as these guys. Federer was um, so. Djokovic else. to me when at his best has been he is the the best player of this group. He just hasn't been his best as and uh, Nadal is the best on clay that that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I know Bjorn Borg was before that, but. Uh, in my lifetime, it's been Rafa ten, Nadal. Ten, anyway, go ahead. Ten what titles. Got? Let's see if we can find ten titles in Gottlieb's Slack. Let's Big see deal. Oh, Little deal. Sorry. No deal. A lot of trophies, a lot of medals, a lot of French Opens, but today we get big deal, little deal, or no deal. Doug, big deal, little deal, or no deal that National League manager Joe Madden told reporters today that even if Clayton Kershaw was eligible to pitch, Max Scherzer still would have been the starter for tomorrow's Midsummer Classic. But even if who would be eligible to pitch? Clayton Kershaw. So Kershaw's not yeah. going to be able to pitch because he threw yesterday, but Madden said it didn't matter. He was going to go with Scherzer anyway as his starter. Um, yeah, and I don't think this is tweaking tweaking Clayton Kershaw. I mean, like, look, it's as I'm a Clayton Kershaw guy. He's the best. He's the Sandy Koufax of this generation. I understand that there have been playoff games in which he's had bad seventh innings. And last year, his last outing, he wasn't great, although he had some great outings last year in the playoffs. But Max Scherzer's won a Cy Young in the American and National League, and he's had a couple incredible outings this year. And, oh, yeah, by the way, his his whip is lower than Clayton Kershaw. So I don't disagree with it. I don't disagree with it at all. Kershaw's got the 14 wins. Scherzer also edges him in ERA. So a close choice, but it's going to be Scherzer because – it's no choice. Kershaw can't throw tomorrow. Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Free agent guard and former member of the Utah Jazz, Trey Burke, says that after fans burned Gordon Hayward jerseys, that no one wants to play in Utah. Because they bur- because a couple of fans burned his jersey? He ended up sending out a tweet saying nobody wants to play in Utah, and then another tweeter responded saying why do you say that is it because the nightlife is it because the weather the city and he responded well you saw that they were burning his jerseys yeah i don't think there's anything to that i mean I, look I, do i think that free agents don't necessarily want to play some of them don't want to play in oklahoma city don't want to play in salt lake city um i spent a week in salt lake city i think it's kind of kind of nice i mean look if i was it would it takes the it takes a different kind of player but I don't like you can go out in Salt Lake City. I mean, is it is it L.A.? Like, no. Is it New York City? Like, no. It, again, depends on the kind of guy you have. Like this idea of places to go. Like San Antonio is built a juggernaut. San Antonio landed LaMarcus Aldridge. Now, LaMarcus Aldridge is not working in San Antonio, but it's not because of San Antonio. It's because he's a bad fit for this for not a good defense player. And he hasn't come up great in the playoffs. Like, I, I just. I do. I, there are players that don't want to play in Salt Lake City. Has nothing to do with anybody burning somebody's jersey because the organization could not have handled it any better. The local newspapers, the local fans. I mean, he's beloved. Did a couple people burn his jersey? Like, yeah. So you're going. This is the stupidity of Trey Burke, right? If you're going off of what one or two. This this is why you can't take social media as reality because two people burn their his jersey doesn't mean there's like a mass jersey burning party for anybody who's a season ticket or even if there was who cares but don't you think there are markets in the nba that just have a disadvantage i know it's an easy thing i think i think it's an easy thing to say that the the playing field is is level but it's not for some markets because free agents would rather go to new york or la or houston or phoenix or miami than ever go to salt lake okay so why do why do both new york teams suck 
Why do why does the LA Lakers that suck? has nothing to do with it? Why Chicago Bulls suck? All uh, what the point is is the Spurs have to would draft their players. Most of their players that they have are acquired within, and that's what Utah has to do. That's what heck. Look at the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are putting together quite a heck of a team, but it's really Jamal Crawford as being the only guy that is coming there as a free agent. Everything else was built Right, I mean, they also trade away Kevin Love, one of the guys that were homegrown, and they, that's how they got Andrew Wiggins. And then they have, uh, you know, yes, you have to draft well. I'm, I mean, it's a combination of both. But this idea that, well, you can't get free agents, like, there's not a lot of free agents that, that, that are, you know, alphas anyway that change you. And, yes, most some guys would pass on Salt Lake. But they, they want to play for good teams, good organizations. I don't know. I, I, I think I think a little bit's overdone. And it's definitely not because somebody burned somebody's jersey. That's stupid. Big deal, little deal or no deal. Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers told reporters again yesterday that while he can play anywhere, he is a starting point guard and will be when the season starts. Good. That means you have to guard the other team's starting point guard. That could be problematic. That could be problematic. I, I Look, I do I, I, I love Ben Simmons and the way he plays. He makes people better. Um, he is an adept passer. He's kind of part Magic Johnson, part LeBron James, part Lamar Odom. I, I wish he would just say, like, I'm a basketball player. But we'll see if he's a point guard. We shall see. Final one. Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Showtime says the pay-per-view cost of the Mayweather-McGregor fight will be ninety nine ninety five. Doug, if you want to watch it in standard def, it's 10 bucks cheaper. Why would anybody watch something that's done <laughs> why, why, why would you do that? You're like, wait, it got to be a square? Why would anybody do that? You are officially, you are the guy who pulls apart the two-ply toilet paper if you're that cheap. And that's what's the most That was Gottlieb Sack. <laughs> I mean, how cheap do you need to be to go like, honey, we're going to get good, good news. Well, good news or bad news? She's like, I want the good news first, then the bad news. Okay, honey, we're getting the fight. Invite your friends over. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, sweetheart, what is the bad news? You know, I I just feel like this thing might be over quickly, so I'm going to get it in standard def. We need to save $10 because, yeah. I want to know how many standard def buys there are. That's the number I need to know. David Griffin removes himself from the next job. Is he hopping off the Titanic just before the iceberg hits? Find out next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, only on Fox Sports Radio. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. It's funny because uh, Dan Byer and I were just having this conversation on air. The New York Knicks are, well, the New York Knicks, and management is a problem. So they tried, they tried to hire David Griffin. Now, David Griffin, of course, was fired as the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers, or his contract was not renewed with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. And so apparently David Griffin pulled out of of the New York Knicks job, uh, uh, New York Knicks GM job opening because he wasn't able to get enough power. You don't know the power of the dark side. Which I, I, the, the me, to me strikes me as very, very interesting. Right? Now, we all carry our inherent biases based upon our previous experiences. Right? It, it happens with relationships. Some people are, rela- I have friends who are like, I'm, they're relationship people. They're married, I've been married 17 years, but I, my high school girlfriend I went out with for 
the better part of three years in high school and a couple of years kind of off and on and off again in college, right? And there's some between and then I met my wife. Like, I'm kind of a relationship guy. That's kind of how I roll. The Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer at our Fox Sports Radio studios in Los Angeles. As Doug was just talking about the New York Knicks and David Griffin unable to reach an agreement to allow Griffin to be the team's general manager. And now the Knicks continue to look for some front office leadership even through this free agency period, Doug, is I think what you were you were uh, getting at. Uh, yes, I was. Look, my, my thing is, like, Dan, so you just got married, right? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Um, are, were you a relationship guy? Uh, were you a relationship guy previous to this long relationship? Not so much. No, not so much. Just a man about town. Yeah, well, just, I I didn't date a lot. Let's put it that way. Okay. You know, it wasn't that I was I mean, going out. Yeah. I'm like, Lisa is awesome. She's beautiful. She's totally got her stuff together, which leads all of us to believe, what did she see in Dan? <laughs> anyway. I'm still wondering. Um uh, no, she's 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 a cool lady. Like she's like she's a cool lady. Like that's that's that that'll work. Um, my point is like I think it'd be fair to say like as you kind of grow and evolve in your marriage, you'll carry the bias of I don't know bias bias comes across as a negative. You'll carry kind of the background of a guy who has been uh, who has dated some but hasn't been in long term relationships. So there are some ebbs and flows to relationships. Some things that you have you shouldn't you'd know. If you were in a bunch of relationships that you don't know, right? I, I bring that up because the Knicks and David Griffin, like David Griffin comes from Cleveland where he did not have complete and autonomous power, right? You had the owner who was, who, who had power. You had LeBron James who had power and you had David Griffin who was left to kind of clean up the mess. And even in cleaning up the mess, it's like, okay, we want you to sign Tristan Thompson. Great. I think he's worth X. They think he's worth Y. Who's he rep by? Rich Paul. Who's Rich Paul's best friend? LeBron James. LeBron James wants him signed. Oh, boy. Right? I mean, J.R. Smith is a free agent last year. They overpaid. So the, the point is this. Like, he didn't get them LeBron. He didn't get them Kyrie. He did the best he could, but he carries the, I'm going to say bias. He carries the... He has a history of dealing with an owner who meddled and didn't get along with the star who meddled and an agent who reps your star and reps several of your other players, which puts you in a, in a completely uncomfortable situation of trying to kind of pacify the world's greatest player and satisfy the owner who's your boss and try and build a great team, right? Like that's really hard to do. Isn't it? You're like, oh, I never really thought of it that way. And then you have the New York Knicks, who as much as you could say like, hey, look, you're the New York Knicks. You don't know what you're doing. Just turn the thing over to David Griffin and be done with it. Well, what got the Knicks in this, in this predicament from their perspective to begin with? Phil Jackson had complete and autonomous power. Total power. And so when you when you walk into a place to which you're like, you know what, I really want to have final say on roster, on salary cap, I, those don't sound like unreasonable expectations. 
But if you're the New York Knicks, you're like, look, we just gave Phil Jackson, who won 11 NBA championships, complete freedom to hire who he wanted, top-down, coach, general manager, vice president, scouts, do whatever the hell you want. Just take the Knicks and here's the money and go win. And it didn't work. And so I, David Griffin's, what, what most, pe- most of America reacts like, oh, the Knicks really screwed up. And maybe they did. Maybe they did. Or maybe they just, um, maybe they just uh, are trying to not make the same mistake twice. And David Griffin is trying to not take the same job twice. It's possible, right? I mean, look, what happens in coaching? Right? You, in all coaches, all, all coaching jobs, you hire the opposite of the guy who was there before. If you have an offensive guy, you hire a defensive guy. If you have a young coach, the next coach is an old coach. If you have a disciplinarian, the next coach is like, eh. Eh. But when you're successful, you find your types, right? You find your types. That's the same in relationships. Like, I know my type. Music, what's your type? What's your, like, your, your girlfriend who just, she's back now from Europe, all good. She's not going on any other trips without you. Is she this summer? That is not going to happen anymore. Okay. It's, she's not allowed to go to Europe anymore? She got fired. <laughs> no, she just won't be going to Europe anymore without me. It's what I've been told. Reports, early reports. <laughs> she will not be going to Europe without you. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's what she she's told me, but that's unconfirmed so far. Only one source. She's the only source on that. But she's she's the source. <laughs> um, your girlfriend. Uh, describe your girlfriend without sounding like somebody who's perverted, but somebody <laughs> who's very attracted to her. Uh, she's incredibly positive, which is good for me because I can be a little bit more of a pessimist about things. Um, she's always outgoing and likes to have... No, no, a, what's she look like? Oh, what does she look like? Uh, she's yep. blonde, fair-skinned, with light eyes, probably about 5'4". Hmm. Is that your type? Yeah, I'd say so. Actually... Have you dated any other 5'4", uh, blonde, fair-skinned... You know, about that size, about that that fitness level. Like, is that? Is, is I'd there, say are there other her her body, her height, and her body type? Yes, but not necessarily uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. Huh. So it's more body type. Like she's what fit? She's petite. Correct. Is that, is yeah. that fair? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. No. That which is fair. Like my my type as well, right? Which is, you know, my wife is I think five 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 six, and she's she's petite. And she's like slender and she's relatively like normal looking. Like some people like uh, really pronounced uh, features. Right. And then that becomes curvy. their type. Like, right. Some people like, like some dudes like, you know, I like, I, and I've never, I've dated women of all different, mostly different, different races. Um, but like some does like, I only like black girls. I only like light skinned girls. I only like Asian girls. I only like, but some people find their type when you haven't yet, when, when you're, Usually when you break up with a girl, sometimes you go to the next, the same type, but sometimes you go to the exact opposite, right? Like she's short, I'm going tall next time. That's what happens with coaching jobs. And I think David Griffin believes he knows what his type is. And the Knicks are, they're so bewildered by the fact that they've had from Larry Brown and Isaiah Thomas and, and Donnie, um, 
Donnie Walsh and all these different people come in and not able to turn the thing around. They're like, look, last time we gave Phil Jackson total power, why would we give David Griffin total power? He didn't even have that in Cleveland. It's not as crazy as you would think. The problem is if he doesn't have power, who does? Who does? Eight five five two one two. Excuse me. What did I say? Eight five five. Sorry. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Um, Rick Buecher is going to join us upcoming next. I- I'm interested to hear his thoughts on the Knicks on why David Griffin turned the job, or if he turned the job down, or just kind of backed away from the job. Um, and what he saw so far in summer league feels like kind of Danny Angel's right. Feels like Darren Fox might be a little bit further along. Um, than Lonzo Ball, but it does feel like there is a Lonzo Ball buzz that is tangible. We'll catch up with Buke next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Rick Buecher is our guest from Bleacher Report. He covers the NBA as well as other sports on his own radio show. Hey, look, we're part of the uh, Sirius XM family of radio shows, so his is... Uh, 82. Ours is channel 83, at least the first two hours of our show. You can hear his a little bit later on. Uh, Buke, um, your biggest takeaway, your biggest takeaway from Summer League is what so far? Uh, that the the hype of the NBA and uh, just as a product is something that people are interested in uh, is growing by leaps and bounds. What seeing 17 and a half thousand people here to watch a summer league game on a Friday afternoon or a Saturday uh, in the middle of the summer in Las Vegas is, is just extraordinary. It, uh, this thing continues to expand and it's only a matter of time before somehow they're going to find some way that there is NBA activity, NBA action going on year round. The combination of the transactions, the interest in the free agents and the deals and uh, the stars that are coming in. It's just, it's an extraordinary time. I, it, it, I know I probably sound like a shill for the NBA and I don't, I don't mean to be that, but I'm just looking at the numbers. I'm looking at the crowds and it, it's a pain in the ass for people like me who try to get something done here and have meaningful conversations. But when it comes to the business of the NBA, uh, whatever you think about the money that players are making and whether it's outrageous it is backed up by the amount of uh, attention that the league is receiving because of those players. You know what? It, I mean, like, I think it's a byproduct of many things. You know, some of it is there's always been this void in the summer and all-star game, any all-star games that they don't register nearly as much anymore. Baseball all-star yeah. games, uh, especially maybe. But I also think it's a byproduct of the summer's always been about basketball in Las Vegas. And all of these mm-hmm. players grew up in the beginnings of the A or or in the middle of the AAU generation. And so summer basketball has always been big. There's always been hoop heads. And now it's just yep. hoop heads on steroids because you put the hoop heads together with people who love the NBA and you have all this free agency movement and you have some of these young players. You want to see them. I think it's all kind of culminate and TV's gotten behind it as well. It's made it kind of a bigger yep. thing. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's exactly right. You had the Rucker park games. You had the part, uh, you had the game, the Drew, the Drew league, uh, you, you've had summer league uh, 
the pro-ams that, but you didn't have TV and it still didn't have the stamp of authenticity that, uh, that, that you would want. Now, I think you're exactly right. The, now, Summer League basketball has the, the stamp of NBA authenticity. Uh, you're getting the biggest names here, not only just the biggest names playing, but the biggest names are sitting courtside and uh, doing business deals while they're here. Every team, you know, getting a hold of, of executives and talking to people with teams, it used to be you, know, you could have lunch, you could have breakfast. Now you know, the owners and, and their entire front office staff are here, and they're conducting – uh, team business while they're in Vegas, and so uh, it, it is. It is all those things, and uh, you're right, though it is that combination. Rick Buecher joining us from Bleach Report, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You mentioned the the money that players are making. Obviously, uh, that brings us around to James Harden. Uh, based yeah. upon the salary cap, he can he can make this amount of money, but mm-hmm. uh, does it bode well for like? And I get that you kind of get paid for the regular season. He's dominant. But he was, he was bad in the postseason, and the argument in the postseason was, well, he didn't have enough people around him. How are they going to yeah. put the people around him in, during those four years if he's making all that money? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a fair question uh, as far as what their flexibility is. Uh, a lot of that, obviously, a lot of this is going to depend on, you know, where does the cap go from here? Uh, a lot of people, as a result of the cap going up last year, were of the mind, I think a lot of players – uh, some agents were of the mind that you know that, that the the bread truck or t- bread truck had pulled in. It was open for business, and everybody was going to get loaves from here to eternity. And while there have been some guys who've gotten paid this summer, there's also been a harsh uh, harsh reckoning. And uh, but th- we go through this every time. I mean, th- th- the fact is, yeah, that's going that that could be an issue two three years from now. I just look at everybody in the NBA, and they're not looking on timelines. That, that's, a, that's a long timeline to be looking three years down the line. You could say, in a way, that the Golden State Warriors are doing the same thing, that they are loading up now uh, and with the idea that they're going all out because with the signing of Nick Young and some of the other pieces, the, you know, you're, can they keep a Patrick McCall long-term? Ian Clark is out there. Like, they're – they're sacrificing some of their young talent already to sign veterans to go for it now. Where is that going to leave them uh, in, in two years when they're capped out and you just have one bad injury? What's going to be their ability to, to, to change their dynamic? Uh, nobody's looking at that because the Warriors are in a sweet spot right now more so than the Rockets, but they're, they're kind of working in the same direction. Rick Buecher joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What about the Boston Celtics? I, I, I feel like had we spoken, and we, I know we did a talk on air about a week, mm-hmm. week and a half ago, there, there was skepticism around the NBA. Like, well, you know, Paul George, why didn't they pony up for Paul George? Yeah. Now you look at it and you're like, wait, Jason Tatum has been every bit as good as advertised. Jalen Brown yep. uh, might, have, might have a chance to grow into a – a legitimate starter. They got Gordon Hayward, and now they traded for Marcus Morris. They've, they've changed that roster substantially without yep. overpaying for Paul George, who they probably only have for a year. Does Danny Ainge end up winning in the end from the argument that he lost not getting Paul George? No, I don't think he does, because for all of the pieces that he's added, 
uh, first of all, you, you did have to, to sacrifice a few. It's not as if you got Gordon Hayward free and clear. Uh, you do lose an Avery Bradley. You do lose uh, a Kelly Olenek. And I know that Kelly getting paid $50 million off of basically one good playoff game is, uh, has raised some eyebrows here. But ultimately, you know, the one thing that the, that the Celtics needed was a guy uh, taller than 5'8", who could go and get his own basket with a game on the line. And they still don't have that. Gordon Hayward is not that kind of a player. Uh, you know, Marcus Morris, certainly not. Um, so, I uh, and Jason Tatum, you're playing with Isaiah Thomas, uh, Gordon Hayward, and Jalen Brown is in the pecking order ahead of you. So, uh, seeing what he's doing in summer league and dominating, is he going to have as many touches? Is he going to be? Is he going to have his? Is he going to have the matchups here? Is he going to have the opportunities here? I I don't see that guy who next year can be that guy who can go win you a uh, a playoff game uh, by himself, and that's what the Celtics needed. That was the one element that they were missing, and so I don't I don't see it as a victory. And honestly, the idea that you would sacrifice a couple of first round picks, a future. And uh, and a present one to get Paul George, even if it was on a rental. Uh, Danny Ainge has had ten going into this draft. He'd had ten first round picks in the last five years. Marcus Smart was the best of them. At some point, you need to. Uh, you can have all those picks. You can't keep all those young players. You, they needed to parlay some of that into a player that was going to be a difference maker. They still don't have that difference maker, and they still have all those picks. So I don't see it as a victory for Danny just yet. Rick Buecher joining us. Buke, um, help me out. Uh, is there any way to save the New York Knicks? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, well, uh, if James Dolan sells the team. Ultimately, it starts at the top. You, but, but, here's, but here's the thing. With, let me, let me I, can I defend Dolan one second? Like, his thing is, he's actually, like, Washed his hands of meddling, right? That was his whole thing with Phil Jackson. Like here, I gave it to Phil Jackson. I said, "Do with it." I, I gave not, do with it as you will. Now I don't know how much he pressured him to re-signing Carmelo Anthony. That we may never know um, right. initially. But but with that, and that actually I think is a big thing. But but the point is, he did let Phil Jackson run it amok, run it into the ground. It wasn't his yep. fault. So I, I well, guess the the question. Be, go ahead. But ultimately, it is. He hired Phil Jackson, and he gave him that free hand. And at some point, you can you can say, "I'm not going to meddle," but you pay attention. And if if there are things being done that they're meddling and keeping people honest, asking questions, uh, are are two different are, are two different things. Uh, having giving giving direction, giving orders, and uh, and and making sure that you this guy deserves the free reign that you're giving him that i believe is where dolan abdicated his responsibility and ultimately it comes down to is he he's still got to hire the next guy he still has to oversee uh, whoever comes in and 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 what kind of staff they put together so uh he's demonstrated no ability to 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 do that uh, to choose wisely as to who he hands the the keys over to, 
So ultimately, it still resides with him. And I just don't I don't have any confidence at this point, based on who he is, how he's conducted his general business, that anything is going to change. So who eventually takes that job? It's a good question. I it, it uh, look, I know that Griff wanted David Griffin wanted to do it, uh, would have liked to have done it, done it, wanted to jump back in a couple pieces there that uh, that he could work around. The bar is set low. Uh, the fact that they couldn't come to terms uh, with him. It, I, I don't, I don't know who goes in there and, and I, that, I, that I have confidence in. And I haven't, I honestly, here being in Vegas, while it's not the first question that I've been asking people and talking to them, I, uh, I have not heard, there have been no names volunteered. There's been no talk about uh, who specifically would walk in there and, uh, and take that job and, and do it. But ultimately, where they are and uh, with Dolan running it, it's, it's, you just had David Griffin, who who could have come in and been a part of that, and you found a way to to muck that up. So, my confidence that they're going to find somebody and that they're going to do it right is is somewhat low right now. Last thing, I love Mark Cuban, but uh, this narrative that they wouldn't be rebuilding if they were in the East, I mean, has he not paid attention to his roster and how many broken down pieces he's brought in that hasn't worked out? Yeah, you know what's interesting with that is watching Dennis Smith Jr., who who Mark is very high on and who has uh, certainly impressed people with what he's done here. Um, the, the the interesting aspect is, is that that kid's built to play fast, and everybody's thinking, and Mark is thinking, I, I got I got a real player here, and I'm and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, okay, but he doesn't fit your roster right now, uh, and so how good is this? going to be look mark is great salesman mark says he's he's been out front being here he's been very visible he said a lot of provocative things i think that's just one more provocative thing that he said not necessarily that it would be reality if indeed they were in the eastern conference rick buker you can hear him on uh, Bleacher Report Radio, of course, uh, on XM Sirius Channel 82. You can read his work in Bleacher Report or just follow him on Twitter as his travels have taken him to Las Vegas to cover the NBA Summer League, which everybody is paying attention to. Oh, last thing, Buke, couldn't let you, uh, couldn't let you go without asking you. Lonzo Ball, um, yeah. will he live up to the hype? He can't. There's no way. What are you kidding me? He's, he's, his jersey's already supposed to be retired. He's already supposed to be an all-time Laker. He's already supposed to be better than Jordan and Steph. And I, my only hope is is that the that where the bar has been set does not end up being an anvil that crushes him. Uh, because I, the kid is going to be fine. He's going to be a good player. He he, uh, you know, he makes early passes. Uh, no, people I've talked to when it comes to the three-point shot, okay, he's two for 16. They wouldn't mess with it right now. There's a lot of good things about the kid. Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? He's going to be the greatest point guard ever? No, no, he's not. I, 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 can, I'm, I can confidently say that's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, is, can, he, can he be a, a good, effective player? Could he one day be a, an all-star point guard? Yeah, he, he has that possibility. The, the the thing that I worry about is that the pressure and the expectation are so immense that normally you say, you know, being the number one pick, that's where all the pressure is, and that comes with a weight. Being number two, it should have been 
he he escaped that. But thanks to Lavar, thanks to Magic, uh, they they it feels to me as if he has more pressure on him than Markel Fultz does, and Lavar and Lonzo is the number two pick. Great stuff, Buke. Thanks so much for joining us. You got it, Doug. All right, that's Rick Buecher from Bleacher Report. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Lonzo, by the way, is going to sit out tonight with a sore groin. Uh, you play three, you know, three nights in a row at that level, and you know, sore groin is, hey, just we want to sit him. He got a triple double. Let's let that marinate for a while. How do uh, what did uh, what do Eli Manning and LeBron James have in common? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So, Good Morning Football is a show on uh, the NFL Network. And uh, Damian Harrison was on it. Um, uh, Damian Harrison was on it from the New York Giants. And he had an interesting comparison between um, two people who often get compared, right? Often get compared. Like, I get compared with people all the time. I, I actually think this is funny. So I've heard people, they're like, well, you know, your, your show, you're like, you think, what do you think? You're Colin Cowherd? Like, well, I actually don't think I'm Colin. My style is different than Colin's. But if you're going to compare me to somebody who I think has probably the best national sports radio show in the country, then thank you very much, right? Or like, you know, you think, you try to be clever with your interviews. Like, what do you think, you're Dan Patrick? Like, you know what, if I could be Dan Patrick, that's cool with me. And that's cool with me. I mean, people compare me all the time, music. You know, they're like, I was walking down the street in Jerusalem. They're like, is that George Clooney? No, that's Doug Gottlieb. It happens quite often. You couldn't pick someone at least remotely close? Like you had to go George Clooney? Um, I've gotten, well, when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, everybody said we looked alike. Now, Aaron Rodgers um, has, has... surpassed me money's been good to him <laughs> his hair is better than mine as well and uh we've hung out once or twice and nobody thought we looked alike when we we look like we could be maybe brothers from other mothers now we could maybe be brothers but pro- more, probably more cousins than anything we're just we're two white guys he's a little bit taller uh you know he has a slightly better arm than i have that's about it anyway uh, i've heard aaron Rodgers uh, when i was a kid it was uh the kid that played Josh Baskin in uh, um, Big. Do you remember the movie Big? Ramos probably remembers the movie. Oh, I remember, remember the movie Big. Tom Hanks Big? Yes. Yeah, okay. The kid, the kid in Big, that was, uh, um, that was, uh, that was what people said I look like. So, anyway, I, I bring that up because, you know, like, comparing incomparables, me and George Clooney is a lot like what Damien Harrison did on Good Morning Football. Take a listen. When you look at Eli, it's kind of like when you look at LeBron. I'm not saying they're the same, right? But look at Eli's numbers. When right. Any other quarterback would have those numbers. It'll be an amazing year. But it right. being Eli, nobody is respecting it as much as we do LeBron. LeBron can average 30, Doesn't 15 rebounds and 12 assists, and it's like he didn't do it now. Right. Right. I don't know what's that. the deal. Yeah, so what he's saying is like you're going to miss me when I'm gone, right? You're going to you're going to miss you're going to miss old Eli when he's gone. You don't appreciate how good Eli Manning has been, which I do think there's some there's there, there's something to that. I also think that there's 
the truth about Eli is like, he's good. Has, he's never been the best quarterback in the National Football League. There's not anybody I know who could make the argument of, you know, Eli Manning's the best quarterback in the National Football League. Like, nobody makes that argument. It does not actually exist. So that's kind of the first thing. The, the second thing is um, I think there is a parallel there in some of the – that he's had bad lines. He's had bad schemes. He's had wide receivers that get hurt, had drops. He's had bad defenses. He's had those things. But the difference is that that LeBron statistically has produced at a greater level than Eli Manning has, and LeBron – Hasn't remember you go back to two year, a couple years ago when Tom Coughlin got fired. It was Eli Manning, who, uh, who screwed up a couple of the games late, especially the Dallas Cowboys game late, and that's why they lost. So I, I just I think it's too much of a reach. I understand what Damian Harrison's saying. He's like, look, he's really really good, and LeBron James is great, and LeBron James gets taken for granted. Eli Manning's maybe not LeBron James, but he's still a great player, and he gets taken for granted. I think sometimes great players get taken for granted. Instead, there's the comparison there. Like you mentioned LeBron. I don't know. I don't know. I have never, ever once, nor do I know anybody alive, who has said, you know who, you know who Eli Manning reminds me of? He reminds me of, you know, he reminds me of LeBron James. And this never happened. Not one time. Not a single solitary time. Um, we'll play What Did the Fox Say Upcoming next. Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodriguez. Uh, Aaron. What did I say, Aaron? I'm sorry. Alex Rodriguez on Aaron Judge and who Aaron Judge reminds A-Rod of. Plus, Skip has some thoughts on James Harden's new contract. I'm interested to hear what those are next on the Doug Gottlieb show. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug, Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Timmy uh, tweets the show at Gottlieb Show. Eli will always be underrated because he was never the best Manning, period. Unfair, perhaps. It's true. It's a great way. To, it's the, you know, every family has a chosen child. They just do. Right? They just do. How many kids in your family, Music? There are three. Okay. Uh, brothers, sisters, older, younger. What do you got? I'm the youngest, and I so I have an older brother. Then the eldest is my sister. All right. And who's the chosen child? Oh, me, for sure. I don't mean who's the most liked, like who has the mo- who has a little bit more talent than the rest of them. Um I would say me. I was a little bit more athletic <laughs> wow. than the rest of my family. I mean Let me just tell you me. Ramos, what do you think about the egomaniac you're sitting next to all these That's all some these pretty dudes? positive stuff going on right there, man. Just like yeah. me. Yeah. Hey, yeah. at least Loving he's honest, right? The beginning. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, so am I. That's okay. <laughs> Ramos, how many kids in your family? What there are five of them. <laughs> five, five children, and, yes. I'm the youngest. Then, so older, younger, like what's your what's your sibling range? I'm the youngest of five. You're the youngest of five. Who is the chosen one? The chosen one would be they everyone says it's me. Yeah. Woo! See? Yeah. And, uh, we're all the babies of our family, and we're all the chosen <laughs> one. Thank right? you. Right? Yeah. Right? 
Um, so I, I think it's interesting, which, by the way, I, I believe Eli is, in fact, the youngest of the crew, right? But he's not the Peyton is the she's the chosen child, right? Like he's the heir to the throne for the first family of football. And I, I actually think that's a that's a probably a uh, at Timmy 55. I actually think that's a very smart way of putting it. You know, like it had 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 that been the way it put like, look, we're always going to underrate Eli Manning because we compare him to Peyton Manning. And that's unfair. Well, that's smart. And oh, yeah, by the way, or, or we're, we're always going to underrate him because I, I think that's the, that's the best one. It's the best one in any other family. He's the greatest athlete that family has ever had in the Manning family. He's at best second. He's at best second. Poor Cooper. Poor Cooper. Let's play What Did the Fox Say? And now. <laughs> what does the Fox say? We bring back one of uh, the great quotes and comments from the day on Fox Sports Radio. Earlier today on uh, The Undisputed, which of course is hosted by Joey Taylor, alongside Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Skip had this to say about James Harden's contract. I believe that the Rockets just attempted to buy James Harden's happiness, so to speak. And, and loyalty. It ultimately, it ultimately will not work. Because the truth is, cold hard facts, if you really look at what just happened, James Harden got demoted from the point guard position. And he couldn't publicly defend himself because he was over the game six barrel because he lost his leverage because he had such a nightmarish game against my Spurs. Remember, it wound up at home 114 to 75. Yeah, we had like 11, 13 points, yeah. something like so that. He, he had 10 points. It okay. went two for 11 from the field, two for nine from three. Fouled out of the game, looked like he was disengaged and ultimately disinterested in the game. And the Rocket fans, Rocket Nation, obviously not happy with James Harden. And all of a sudden, Daryl Morey took that opening to run right through it and go get Chris Paul. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think it's, he's taking it a step too far. Do I think they bought his loyalty? Of course. It's the only way to get guys to stay in the NBA is get ahead of it, offer the biggest contract since you can. And James Harden's loyalty should be rewarded, or his play should be. He's been great. Uh, two of the past three seasons, he probably should have been the MVP. Steph Curry, not this year, the year previous year when he was the um, unanimous MVP, he was the MVP that year. The year before that was James should have been James Harden, and this year probably should have been James Harden as well. Because his team won more games and he was as responsible for his team winning more games as anybody. On the other hand, on the other hand, while you get paid for the regular season, your legacy is based upon the postseason. And if the argument for James Harden was, I just didn't have the guys around me, it's nice to add Chris Paul, but he's getting into his mid-30s. And... You know, with the money that the two of them make, and if you want to keep Chris Paul at the end of this year, you're not going to be able to feel the team around you. So, I don't know. I, I, I think Skip takes it a step further than reality would actually be. Alex Rodriguez was on um, uh, with, Colin, with, with Colin Coward, right? And uh, A-Rod live from the All-Star game. 
And Alex had this to say about who Aaron Judge reminds him of. Here's a guy, Colin, that I'm so excited for. For the first time in a long time, we have a LeBron James type of personality and size that can transcend sport. Here's a guy who's six foot seven, 275 pounds, 9% body fat, 32-inch vertical. <laughs> the guy bench presses 400 pounds, squats 500 pounds, and, and, and he's, he's an amazing figure. I mean, and for the next generation to say, well, there's a guy that could be a tight end and an all pro and he chose baseball why can't i and hopefully the kids are taking notes of aaron judge i mean i i what this says to me this is one it's one of the things that says to me that uh, i do think that dominant athletes can dominate baseball i've always thought that that one of the reasons that steroids like barry bonds was a dominant athlete who took who took steroids and that's why he went from an MVP and a Hall of Famer to the greatest home run hitter we had ever seen late in his career. And and one of the things that probably led, that people said led Barry Bonds to doing this was, look at what Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, especially Sammy Sosa, who was a middling player and became a great home run hitter. The, the point is that a lot of baseball players are just baseball players and aren't big enough, aren't strong enough, aren't athletic enough. If you put a legit dude out there like Aaron Judge, legit dude, who could play at least two sports, look at how he dominates. This also helps my argument about soccer, right? Not that Aaron Judge could play soccer, but the argument about baseball, like if you're Mike Trout's a great athlete, Bryce Harper's a great athlete. Like those guys, are great athletes uh, that in other sports that are also really good, that, that have become great baseball players. It's the same thing about soccer. We will, as a country, when our athletic Aaron judges, right, when our defensive backs, wide receivers, when they play soccer, that's when we'll take that next step. And that's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Ramos is so busy calling out uh, times. And screwing it up. <laughs> Sorry about that. Tell me Doug. three minutes and two minutes and one minute. Don't wait two minutes. Right. Mark Cuban is out of his mind. Brilliant, but out of his mind. Why? Find out next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Still coming to you live from Jerusalem, Israel. I promise I will return stateside sometime. Very, very early, very early next week. Uh, we got so much to get to, man. So much to get to. Uh, Want to give you my thoughts on the Boston Celtics, my thoughts on the All-Star game, All-Star weekend, or All-Star week, right? The deadest era, yeah, deadest time in sports. Be with you most of this week. Not taking time off when others do. Cowherd's live in Miami, right? All throughout the All-Star game. So uh, we'll be with you here. You know, um, I like Mark Cuban. We'll have we haven't had cubes on this show yet, but if you do, if you name drop him, if you, if you use my name music, and uh, Cindy who b- b- books this show, we can get Cuban. He's he's the best. You, there's a specific way in which you book Cuban, and you have to book him directly. We can get him, and like Cuban is, he's great. Like when he says things that he truly believes. And it comes from an honest place. It doesn't come, for the most part, from a place in which he's trying to, you know, be a fire starter. 
it's like it's one of the things I like best about Clay Travis's show. Clay Travis is in the morning um, on Fox Sports Radio. And I don't think like Clay has found his way into several controversies in the last couple of months, right? Since starting his show. But I don't think he wakes up in the morning going, what controversies can I start today? The controversies organically come to him. His personality comes out. Our bosses at Fox Sports Radio empower him and he takes it from there. Like, for example, there was, you remember the the protests at Missouri um, over some alleged racial incidents which caused massive protest and the resignation of several, if not almost all, of the Board of Curators, which is, you know, Board of Trustees for the entire University of Missouri system. Well, their, their freshman enrollment the past years since those protests has been way, way down. Like, it's a disaster of epic proportions. And so I know Clay had a, and that was, there was a New York Times piece which is kind of took a look back, although it didn't maybe dive enough into whether or not, like, there's, there's a big drop-off in African-American students, but African-American students only make 10, 10% up of the student body prior to the protest, whereas the greatest percentage of students are white students, and though, I don't know, it's like 4 or 6%, but 4 or 6% drop-off in uh, enrollment when that's like 80% of your enrollment, it's a big number of people. And what happened was that the protest caused some incoming black students to feel like they were uncomfortable. And a lot of white students were like, look, I don't want to go there. I don't want to be called a racist. Now, South Missouri is a racist school before. But I don't want to be seen as a racist. And the, 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 the protests end up doing as much or more harm than they do good. Anyway, my point is that that kind of thing kind of hit fit right into Clay's wheelhouse, right? It's just who he is. This is who Mark Cuban is. Mark Cuban was on an NBA TV broadcast, and among the things he said, huh? Among the things he said, among the things he said were that if they were in the Eastern Conference, they wouldn't be rebuilding. You know? Uh, Cuban also said about um, that uh, when they drafted Dennis Smith, he spoke to him about combing through an archive of Dennis Smith's tweets. He said, quote, you know, one of the first things after we drafted Dennis and I'm talking to him on the phone, I'm like, dude, I went through your Twitter account. It's time to get on there and delete. And so he went through it. And to his credit, hey, they, they were gone. He had a lot of stupid stuff out there. Um, the most notable one was when he was 14 years old. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. But the biggest part that he said was that uh, that the Warriors were the reason for the Mavs to rebuild and that if they were in the Eastern Conference, it would be completely different. And while there's some validity to the fact that the Warriors are so good, so good, we're rebuilding, right? He said, there's no question about it. If we were in the East, we would not be rebuilding. We'd be handling things completely different. I think I'm going to kidnap Adam Silver and not let him out until he moves us to the Eastern Conference. Given where we are, given where the Warriors are, what's happening in the Western Conference, it's kind of sealed what we have to do. Look, 
the Dallas Mavericks are coming off a 33 and 49 season. And he admitted to me months ago, he admitted to Dan Patrick on his show that they wanted to lose games. They played young players, but let's not act like they were really, really close before they started having injuries and decided to dump the season. Let's not act like last year they were close. Dirk Nowitzki has taken less, and they've tried to surround him with more, but none of the pieces have ever worked out, and they haven't gotten out in the first round. They haven't been players in this thing. They just haven't. And they're not players in the Eastern Conference. They're not players in the Western Conference. I love Dirk Nowitzki. I love him. Who doesn't like Dirk Nowitzki? Like he's one of the most likable superstars in the history of the NBA. No question about it. Um, but Dirk Nowitzki was born two years after me. That makes him 39 years old. Like, he's over the hill. It takes him two hours of physical therapy just to get him ready to play every night. Ain't not even play every night. You know, he's been doing a long, long time. But, like, he averaged 14 a game last year playing 26 minutes. Um, and he played in 54 games. So, Cuban can just can say all he wants. Hey, if we were in the Eastern Conference, if, we were, if you were in the Eastern Conference, you would suck in the Eastern Conference just like you suck in the Western Conference. Mark Cuban is a lot of things. But because of how they've rebuilt, he took a lot of chances. He got Wes Matthews, who was straight off an Achilles tendon tear. They went and they tried to get Darren Williams. Oh, you know what, Darren Williams? We can fix Darren Williams' ankle. Well, guess what? Darren Williams is over the hill. Harrison Barnes is, I think Harrison Barnes is one of those guys that went from overpaid to probably maybe a little bit underrated. He's a good player. But Wes Matthews off an Achilles, Dirk Nowitzki, who's 39 years old, and Harrison Barnes, who on a great team is a really good fifth starter, is considered probably their best player. Like, it doesn't matter what division you're in. You weren't going to win. It doesn't matter. All right, so, um, uh, guys, I got some Jerusalem updates for you. Oh, Our- boy. Uh, our team is 2-0, and but I have one technical foul. Do you want to hear what it's for? Jeez, what'd you do? Did okay, you, did you so, throw a ball at the head's ref like uh, DeMar DeRozan? I didn't, but I actually got a, I, I, I got a ball in the face. Oh, in warm-ups? Last night during the game. Oh, during no. the game? No. Yeah. Okay, so here's what happens. We were playing the French team. Uh, this For people who are just catching up, Stug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in on the iHeart app or any of our hundreds and, and more growing affiliates. Um, so the French team is, uh, this is like the Jewish Olympics, and we represent the United States. So the French team was supposed to be the best team, and they probably still, we'll probably play them in the championship game. They maybe still are. Um, and so we played them last night. And uh, among other things, first we beat them. Uh, we were up as much as 26. And we won by, I think, 19 points at the end of the game. We played small ball. We went to our death lineup and made them chase us all over the court, just like, you know, Golden State Warriors style. And we ended up winning the game. 
So I think it was in the first. I mean, yeah, it was in the first half. Um, one of our better players, a kid named Spencer Whites, who's the Ivy League Player of the Year at Princeton, um, he grabbed a loose ball and he tried to throw it to a teammate. And I'm like, the way I coach is, I was on like one knee, like on the sideline, right near the the sideline itself in the coaching box, and I'm kind of. I don't know, three steps from him or two steps from him as he's right by the sideline being double teamed. He tried to kind of hook pass around his guy and he threw it right to my face. So in an, first I got cut and, and you know, it obviously hurt, but I have a big nose anyway, so it's not that big a deal. It's been broken before. I don't think I broke it and I wasn't concussed. So I stood up and the ref said, are you okay? I said, yeah, but he got fouled three effing times. Now, Technically, if this was like a high school game and you say effing, then you should get a technical foul, right? But one in an international games, and I didn't say anything like, I wasn't like pointing at the ref, I wasn't demeaning the ref, but I got a technical foul. Ramos, would you have called a T on me for saying I'm okay, but I got, but my player got fouled three effing times? Is did, that did you use the f word itself? Oh, I absolutely, I absolutely use the f word. Uh, I, don't, also, I, I wouldn't have teed you up for that. If you would have said it again to me, I might have teed you. But the first time, I would have let it go. That's just your. Yeah, that's just what I would. What about have done. you, music? He's currently I think on it was the phone. Lost in yeah. tra- I thought I think it was kind of lost in translation. I really do. I think it was lost in translation. He heard f word and foul and um and um yeah. So that's what <clears throat> that's what he decided. Tom Verducci is going to join us t- uh, at the half past the hour. Half past the hour. But there's something very, very interesting. Something very interesting about the home run derby tonight. I'll tell you what it is upcoming next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So uh, Tom Verducci is going to join us at half past the hour. We're trying to figure out what's the matter with the Cubs um, and, and how it can be remedied. How can be remedied? Disease of me, right? How many times do you watch a team and at the end of winning a championship, some, you know, some analyst like my, well, this is a team you could easily see win four or five championships, right? Tell me you didn't hear that about the Cubs. They're all young. Tom Ricketts will spend money. Cubs are going to be around for a while. Doesn't mean the Cubs won't make the playoffs, but this has been a disaster of a first half of the season for the defending champs who had a couple bad months last year at the end of the year before. I mean, like, look, they narrowly escaped, narrowly escaped a beaten-up Cleveland team in the World Series. It took seven games to off them. They had a deep bullpen to which their manager, Joe Madden, chose not to go deep in their bullpen. And they had some holes in their swings, and they had some, you know, like, look, Cleveland, and and it's baseball, and those things happen. But for Cleveland to force seven games from last year's Cubs teams that had dominant talent in comparison, on paper, paper. Like, it's all it's going to go down as is they finally broke the curse of the Billy Goat. 
but it wasn't the dominating performance that it should have been considering the talent gap between the two teams and experience in the playoffs between the two teams when you look at what, what Chicago has thrown out there. Let's, let's get to the press. The press. Dan Beyer, what do you got for the press, buddy? Well, let's start out with Major League Baseball as it is the Midsummer Classic coming up tomorrow that right. you will see on Fox. Also want to mention this, that Aaron Judge of the Yankees is going to be batting third tomorrow night for the American League. We also found out the starting pitchers. Max Scherzer goes for the Nats. Chris Sale will end up throwing for the uh, American League. Scherzer of the Nats going for the National League. Scherzer today talked about facing Aaron Judge in that lineup tomorrow. I've seen him from afar. Obviously, he's been the best hitter over there in the American League. I enjoy facing the best. Uh, It's what you live for. To get a chance to obviously in the All-Star game face the best hitter right now in the game, potentially, that's what you live for, so it'll be fun. So Scherzer gets the nod for the NLAL. It goes to Chris Sale, but, yeah, the Judge-Scherzer matchup should be something to watch tomorrow. And and, and the home run derby, of course, is tonight, which uh, I'm – I mean, like – I don't know if I'm excited to watch, but I'm I'm kind of are you like are you gonna, you guys gonna watch it? You guys gonna watch Home Run Derby? I will. Yeah, I will. I'll watch. Definitely. It 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 does become. Do you say definitely music? Yeah, I mean it's not like there. It's you know it's the middle of summer. I mean, there's not a lot else to watch. Right, you don't right. you don't watch it. <laughs> Let me still forcing you like oh yeah. Okay. Like there actually are lots. That's that's the one thing is there actually are lots of things on TV. I don't know. I'm super into the Americans. Have you guys seen the show The Americans on FX? No, I've only seen promos. I don't know about the uh, other guys. Really right, good. Right. Really, really, really good. Um, okay, so here's my thing about the home run derby. Um, I I like I like watching it in spurts. I like what it's become. It's kind of become like the futures game, right? Like you have to be young. Like this is not a place for an old hitter. I don't think anybody's over over thirty. Um, you got John Carlos Stanton, who of course won it last year. You got Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Mustakas is like twenty-eight. Cody Bellinger, who joined us uh, last week, Charlie Blackman, who I probably, if not for the beard, couldn't pick out of a lineup. Justin Bohr, I don't know why Justin Bohr is in it, I, other than I guess they needed two Marlins to reaffirm that the Marlins suck. And Miguel Sano, who I'm I'm excited to see in this thing. Um, I just I it's it's not quite the dunk contest, but does have a certain aura about it like the dunk contest does in baseball and skewing it younger i think i think makes it makes it more worthwhile it's a, a great chance to talk about how much young talent there is in this game let me throw this one out there as well because bavada we talked about the odds now it's even with judge and stanton as being the favorites for the home run derby tonight there are odds yep. dug out for the longest home run in round number one Aaron Judge is the favorite at eight to five. Stanton next at two to one, and then Charlie Blackman at eleven to do eleven to two, and Miguel Sano at six to one. So okay, Judge is go, the favorite for the farthest. I would go Judge for the longest. I would go John Carlos Stanton to win it. He won it last year. He knows how to win this thing. Let's move on. You know, there's 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 one other there's one other part of this thing that needs to be discussed. What's that? LeBron James never entered a dunk contest, and I I think that's a huge miss, and. Um, you know, he can say whatever he wants. To, his people can say whatever he wants to say. Well, you know, like that was Michael's thing. It's not his thing. It was absolutely his thing when he came to the league. Absolutely his thing when he came to the league. And this idea that, you know, the only thing that could have done was he could lose the dunk count. Like, Jordan never had that mentality. 
I mean, can you imagine if somebody would wouldn't enter the dunk contest or Steph Curry wouldn't enter the three point shooting contest? Right. He didn't win the first couple years in it. I don't know. What about not entering? What else a, you got? What What about not entering a summer league game because of a sore groin? You touched on this a little bit earlier, but no Lonzo Ball for the Lakers tonight against De'Aaron Fox and the Sacramento Kings. Yes, yeah, so Lonzo Ball isn't going to play tonight. Lakers also holding out Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart because of injuries. But we're not going to see the rematch of that Sweet Sixteen showdown because there will be no Lonzo Ball tonight to face De'Aaron Fox. That's a bummer. I'm disappointed that the Lakers did it. Sore groin means you just he's sore, he's tired, didn't want to, they, they didn't want him to play. Doesn't mean he couldn't play. I think that's weak. I would have wanted to see him against De'Aaron Fox, who was spectacular last night. How about this from earlier? We finally have the final call from that epic match at Wimbledon, Doug. There's Nadal picking it up. It's long! And Gilles Muller has pulled off a remarkable upset here on court number one. The world number two, Rafael Nadal sent packing biggest win in the career that was on wimbledon radio went 6-3-6-4-3-6-4-6-15-13 as muller upset the fourth seeded nadal at the all england club uh, you know look i love rafa nadal but it's like between the injuries and the fact that most of his dominance has occurred on clay uh somehow he went from just such an outstanding watch, but a great clay court player to, well, maybe he's the greatest ever to one of the greatest comebacks ever. I just, I never thought Rafa Nadal was the greatest tennis player. He's a tremendous athlete. I think being left-handed obviously is a bonus for him. Um, but whether it's injuries or inability to consistently win on service outside of clay, I've never considered him the GOAT. One of my things that I thought was interesting that they either brought a golf gallery to that applause that John Ramos played, or they played on court 42 at the All England Club where there are only six let's, people. Let's hear it one more you know, time, John. Can yeah. I hear it one more time? Yeah. That's a, that's a, sm- that's a smattering of fans. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the match went so long that Novak Djokovic wasn't even able to start his fourth-round match. They're going to have to play that tomorrow. How about a couple of NFL notes? Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell waiting on signing his – or did sign his franchise tender for $12 million, but the long-term deal not yet coming from Pittsburgh. Cardinals running back David Johnson spoke out about it, telling the MMQB.com that he wants Bell to get that the type of deal that Le'Veon deserves. I think Le'Veon Bell deserves a huge deal, a huge deal. But he's been spent, he's been hurt. Um, he's a dynamic football player. I'm excited to see what the Steelers have this year offensively. Martavis Bryant back, all the other, Antonio Brown back. And, and you know, look, they paid Antonio Brown a bunch of money in the offseason. Uh, there's, there's a limit to what you can pay, guys. Now signing bonuses allow them to smooth things in within the cap. They got to protect Big Ben. They have great running backs. They have great skill. You have a smaller window because Big Ben is probably he's been throwing out that retirement stuff. Probably one, he wants your sympathy, and two, he wants you to know that it's coming in a year or two. Uh, I'm excited to see the Steelers more so than I'm crazy about what money Le'Veon Bell gets. Now the franchise tag deadline to sign long-term deals is a week from today, Doug, and a report from ESPN says it's a long shot that the Redskins will come to terms on a long-term deal with quarterback Kirk Cousins. Now, Cousins has said, as for the deal, it's not about the money. It would also be the second straight year Cousins plays under the tag, but I'm looking for a long-term deal. Kirk Cousins saying it's not all about the money. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Look, I, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> right. I mean, he had a great year statistically this past year. The year before, 
They went to the playoffs, but they didn't beat a team with a winning record. Um, and, and oh yeah, he's made at the end of if he if he's still franchise tagged, he'll make what twenty four million guarantee. So I think he'll make like forty four million guaranteed in two years. That's a well compensated quarterback. He's he's gaming the system. The only thing they're doing is they're hurting their ability to move him over to more of a signing bonus, so they use that money to get more players around him. But I I just I think they see him as a as a really good quarterback, not a great quarterback. And either they're waiting for his value to go down or for somebody to want to trade for him or they're just going to keep playing this game. It's a weird relationship, but being drafted in the fourth round, sometimes people think or can't get out of your mind that you're a fourth rounder. An extended press today. The final one is we went to eight, a full court press, Doug, you could say. 19-year-old Rosa Dominguez won $555,555 on a $5 scratcher earlier this month in Sacramento. Just a couple of days later, she purchased another $5 scratcher at a different gas station, won $100,000. She won $655,000 on two scratch-off lottery tickets up in Sacramento in the span of about a week. 19 years old. When was the last time? When was the last, have you ever bought a scratcher? Yes, I bought a few. The most I ever won was uh, $50, I believe. Ramos, you ever buy them? Yes, the most I won was $9. <laughs> right. I, I I mean, like, do you guys buy them, like, every week? Like, I, I just, no. I do wonder, like, because now they're, like, five feeling. bucks. They used to be, like, a buck. Now, like, five bucks, right? <laughs> Some are, like, 20 now. So would that be like I don't know? Would you just like once a week? Like all right, every every Friday after I get my blade jack, I'm gonna go down and get me a scratcher. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I knew some, some, listen, listen, I huh? used to work at a truck stop out of out of high school, and I knew many yeah. of people who would spend a lot more money on scratchers than they should have. Yeah, like look, I would love to say it's wasting money, but I spend money on coffee that I shouldn't. So I I'm not I can't really make fun of you. And at least yours has a chance although a very slim chance of making money, there is a chance there, whereas the coffee just goes down my throat. That's all it does. It, do, it tastes great going down my throat. It makes my whole body feel wonderful. Wonderful. I got this guy at our hotel. He makes uh, cappuccinos every morning. His name is Mazen. So he tells me things in Arabic and in Hebrew. I don't understand either, but I asked him to translate, and he tells me. And he's told me the last two days, you have a blessed life, so that's good. I'm happy for that. Let's get to... Um, uh, what's trending, and then we'll uh, we'll catch up, I believe, with Tom Verducci, who's going to be part of the Fox broadcast tomorrow at the All Star Game. Tom Verducci is next. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's catch up with Tom Verducci. You read him in Sports Illustrated. You see him on Fox TV. You'll see him on the All Star Game tomorrow night. He joins us live from Miami. Um, Home runs are in the air this year. I mean, they're hitting them out at a at a record pace. And, uh, Tom, I want, I want you to listen to what the commissioner of Major League Baseball had to say earlier today on Colin Cowherd's show in regards to what Rob Manfred said this as to why the home run numbers are up. I think the sport goes through cycles. Yeah. You know, sometimes pitching's dominant. Um, sometimes hitters are more dominant. We have seen a change in the way that the game is taught at the youth level. Um, a change in approach at the major league level, way more analytics, way more tolerance of plays like strikeouts that people didn't used to so like. So uppercut your swing. Right. Less interest in the stolen base, you know, all these analytics. Right. And it, it, as a result, the game's being played a little different. Um, I will say our research shows our fans like home runs. 
Yeah, no, everybody knows, Tom, that, that chicks dig the long ball, okay? But Manfred not admitting that the strike zone has changed. Like, all of a sudden, in one year, all, all these players have changed their swings and, and Little League Baseball, and that's affected. Like, it's the strike zone, isn't it? Well, listen, Doug, a couple of things. Number one, yeah, everybody loves the home run, right? But we all love ice cream, too. And you know what happens when you eat too much ice cream, right? You get brain freeze, you put on weight, all those things. So there's a limit. And we're pushing that limit with these home runs. The percentage of runs scored now by a home run is now 42%. That is the greatest percentage in the history of baseball. What does that mean? It means we're diminishing the number of times there's actual rallies, which are the things that really get fans to their feet. Home runs, when they happen, you don't see them coming. Tom Verducci uh, joining us. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Tom Verducci joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Okay, so with that in mind, uh, does that make the Home Run Derby even bigger tonight? I mean, like, look, I've been there. I've been to two of these. They do have a tendency to drag on. But the Aaron Judge factor, I think, weighs large. Not just that he's massive and he hits it a mile. He's also a Yankee. Um, does that make the Home Run Derby bigger tonight than it's been? Yes, I think it's the most compelling home run derby we've ever had on schedule. Now, we'll see what happens, but remember, now we, there's a time limit on these things. They don't drag as much, and you're talking about really the flavors of the year when you're talking about young players who we really don't know much about, Aaron Judge, Cody Bellinger. So factor all that in, the way the ball flies these days, I think this is the kind of matchup that you want to see because it's about younger players. You don't see a lot of old guards in the home run derby this year. Tom Verducci joining us. What's wrong with the Cubs? A lot. Let me start with starting pitching, all right? Because that's what carried them last year. This Last year at this time, number one in all of baseball. This year, number 17. And there's a reason for that. It's an older staff. They're big four. Talking about Arietta, Lester, Hendricks, Lackey. The velocity on their fastballs all down by at least a mile to two miles per hour. So they don't have the same stuff. They're a little older. They pitched that seventh month last year. Start with that. Start with their outfield defense, which has been really bad. And the fact that they have not hit in the clutch at all. Uh, they're in a box, though, Doug, because I don't think one trade is going to improve this team. I think this is the hand they have that they need to play out and just hope that their guys hit better. Yeah, and I do think that, look, there's two wild card spots. They still have a lot of talent. Uh, you would expect you would expect them to find a way to sneak in and then that talent. But but there's, there's also it has to be a little... There's some chemistry issues on that team. There's some disease of me on that team. We saw it creep in a little bit end of last season. And and though they advanced and won the World Series, it took them seven to, to put away the Indians. And then they get to all the attaboys. I mean, is there a chance that somebody we don't think could be moved could be moved uh, so that Theo puts his foot down to kind of eliminate some of these chemistry issues? I think there's one chance, and that is if Theo can find his next young starting pitcher who's going to replace Arietta or Lester next year of the rotation. So to do something like that, whether it's a Sonny Gray, whether it's a Jose Quintana, you're going to have to trade, if not guys on your 25, at least your best prospects. Uh, that's the only trade I see happening for the Cubs, a trade that is not so much about the next two months, although that would help certainly, but about fixing the rotation going forward next year. Um, look, the Yankees were the story of baseball, and they still a little bit are with Aaron Judge. Obviously, Sanchez is in the Derby tonight, whether he should be or shouldn't be. It's, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we have to argue about who should be in a home run derby. Um, that said, they've fallen on some hard times of late. They got some – Matt Holiday had that weird allergic reaction. 
and they have uh, they got some pitching issues. Obviously, with CC getting hurt, but there was always kind of the plan to hey, if we're pretty good, we can add some pitching late. Who can they add late? That's a great question because I don't think they can significantly add to their pitching without disrupting this core of young position players they have. And I don't see Brian Cashman dealing from that deck. I really don't. In other words, I think some of the pitching problems they have are not going to go away. They're going to try to cover it with offense. And they might be able to do that. Uh, believe it or not, I think a huge key for them is going to be Masahiro Tanaka. I mean, he's been awful lately for most of the first half of the season. He's healthy. They're kind of flummoxed as to what the heck has been wrong with him, why he's been getting hit. But if he gives them decent starts in the second half of the season, I think they can still be a contender. So to me, it's about them overcoming some of those pitching shortcomings by just pounding the baseball when they get Castro back, when they get Holiday back. Um, how do you explain the Dodgers and how, like, look, they've won some one-run games as of late, but this last month has been just amazing. Obviously, Kershaw is great. But how do you explain the utter and sheer dominance, especially at Chavez, at Chavez Ravine? Uh, I think the actual scientific definition is pixie dust. <laughs> you know, some teams just kind of acquire that look. You mentioned the one-run record. They've been so dominant at home. They're behind the ninth inning, and they feel like they're going to win the game. Uh, they are on a magic carpet ride right now. Now, take nothing away from them. It's a really good team. I thought coming into 17, they were the deepest team in all of baseball. They can basically just outlast other teams with their depth. Uh, but now they've got something magical going where they totally believe in themselves, in their manager. I think they're the most dangerous team in the National League. And to be honest with you, Doug, I think there's a gap between them and Washington, which is the next best team in the National League. I really think there's a significant gap there, basically because of Washington's problems in their bullpen. I mean, to beat the Dodgers, you got to beat them nine innings solid. And the, the Nats just don't match up late in the game against that offense. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. Not just the Nats bullpen, they've had that problem, as opposed to Kenley Jansen and everything that sets him up. But that leads me to the best team in the American League. The Astros 16.5 games up on the second-place team in, in their division. And, I mean, look, the, the, the hitting, the youth and athleticism they have in that lineup, Altuve, Correa, uh, Josh Reddick, George Springer, Gurriel, I, like this, I mean, it's a, they have a tremendous lineup. And then they're pitching with Keiko, obviously, uh, can be spectacular. Lance McCullers has been good as well. But, I mean, like, is Ken Giles going to close down a World Series? Like, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, maybe I'm underestimating the, the magical powers of Ken Giles, but I feel like for a team that has that much talent that is clearly going to the playoffs, uh, don't they have to go out and get a legit closer? Well, first of all, I think you're absolutely right about their offense. Okay, because a lot of those young guys are young guys with experience that have to battle scars, losing a postseason series, blowing some uh, leads down the stretch. So they're in good shape offensively. We all know that. I think they know they are two pitchers short from going to the World Series. First of all, they need a left-handed specialist in the bullpen because you have to match up against the best left-handed hitters come October. And I believe they know they need another starting pitcher. Uh, Keiko, assuming he's healthy in October, and Lance McCullers, that's a great one-two combo. But they just don't have enough after that. So, to me, I would prioritize a third starting pitcher, a left-handed relief pitcher, and hope that Giles gets it done. Because stuff-wise, yeah, he's got closer stuff. There's no doubt about that. He can throw 100 with a wipeout slider. But you never know about those guys until they actually get in that moment when they're asked to close a postseason game, whether they actually can get it done. 
Okay, so the All-Star pregame show airs on Fox tomorrow night. Coverage begins at 7.30 Eastern time. Pregame show has Kevin Burkhart, A-Rod, and Frank Thomas. Of course, during the game, you got Joe Buck, John Smoltz, uh, with Ken Rosenthal and Tom Verducci reporting from the dugout. So you get the AORNL dugout. I get the NL this year. I mean, you can't lose, but uh, it's always interesting being a dugout with Joe Madden. You hear a lot of funny things. <laughs> you, you do. You hear some, and some you can repeat, and some you can't. Hey, enjoy <laughs> Miami. Enjoy Miami. Yeah. Keep up the great. St- keep up with the great stuff. If you haven't read his uh, his midseason awards. Go to Sports Illustrated. You can just type in Tom Verducci's Sports Illustrated content. Follow him on Twitter or watch him tomorrow night on Fox. Tom, thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Doug. All right, uh, the, the pleasure is absolutely mine. James Harden got paid for being a great regular season player, but you don't get paid for the playoffs. I'll prove it to you next. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day getting ready for a home run derby, whether you're really watching or not. Sam Donald's going to join us uh, tomorrow afternoon, 4.15 Pacific, uh, excuse me, Eastern time, 4.15 Eastern time, 4.15 Pacific time, that would be. After my show, Steve Gorman would be like, sweet, I got Sam Darnold. Booyah, up top, right? Sam Darnold's going to join me at 415. That's 115 Pacific time. I've had uh, three or four different chats with Sam Darnold. He just got done, I think, with the Peyton family football camp. He's the Heisman Trophy uh, front runner. I mean, the season hasn't played yet, but he's a stud. And probably the best part about the whole story is his grandpa was a former Marlboro man, right? You know his grandpa's name, right? Music. You know the story. I do not know. Ramos, do you know his his late grandpa's uh, Mister Marlboro? No, no. He was there was four Marlboro men. He was one of the Marlboro men. Uh, Dan Byer. You know what? Dan Byer knows this. I'm sure. Like I'm, Arnold. I'm in Jerusalem. Is Dan it... Byer. Is he is he looking it up? Don't look it no, up. No, no. I was going to say Arnold. No. Arnold Darnold. No, hey. hey, John Ramos liked Julia it. Julia Gulia, that's funny. <laughs> Julia Gu- what movie? Come on, what movie? What movie? Wedding Singer. Yeah, I knew I could count on Byer. Yes, Very yes. Nice, I knew I could count on Finally. Byer. Great job, yes. Byer. Great job. You did, it. you did it, huh? Good job. Uh, Sam Donald's grandpa's name was Dick Hammer. I can't make that up. <laughs> He's a, he was a legendary. Uh, water polo player and volleyball player. Like he was an athletic stud, and then and his name's Dick Hammer. I mean, you just can't. Hi. I mean, that's like that's a porn star's name, right? It's amazing. He was not a porn. He did not start in pornography. He was a Marlboro man. Hammer time. So Sam Donald joins tomorrow. <laughs> we'll talk to the former San Clemente Triton and the current USC Trojan. We'll ask him also. Like everybody's like, well, he's going pro. Is he? I'm going to ask him. Why not? Why not? Music, can I let you know a little secret here? Oh, boy. Depends. I got no to... idea what I teased. What I teased? James Harden? Uh, I think uh, I did Team James Harden. Come on, man. I, I could have told you in your ear. We could just do it. No, that's okay. You could have. But that would have, like, listen, we don't want to. There's no secrets here. Uh, yeah, yeah. No you were going to tell the audience why James Harden got paid for being a great regular season player. Well, look. He, like, look, he plays every game in the regular season. He's spectacular in the regular season. But you, you actually get paid. Like, anyone who says, like, well, it, football players should. You know what they should do? They should strike. 
They should strike. They deserve more money. They put themselves, they do put themselves in harm's way. Because they put themselves in harm's way, they're more likely to get hurt. And they only have 16 dates. 16 tour dates. You know? I mean, like, look, the reason football players aren't as valuable is the same reason that, like, Bill Simmons' show was, was, could never gain real traction. Like, you can't do a sports show once a week. Those days are over. When I was a kid, they used to have, this week in baseball with Mel Allen. Remember that? Baseball and Ballantyne. One one day a week, like, people don't appointment watch like that anymore. They just don't. Uh, but he, he gets paid for the regular $47 million a year. Wow. And remember, the cap didn't even go up as much as they thought it would, although it will go up more probably in years to come. The problem, though, is his legacy is based upon the postseason. Pay for the regular season, legacy for the postseason. And I mean, you would think this would put them at some point in a financial pickle to which they won't be able to surround him with the talent. And that was what we were told is why he sucked so bad at the end of the Spurs series. So I don't get it. Disappointed that, De- that uh, Lonzo Ball is not going to play against De'Aaron Fox tonight. We're going to see a rematch of the Sweet 16, a rematch of AU matchups, a rematch of a regular season game between Kentucky and UCLA, and the trash talking between the dad and De'Aaron Fox. Want a piece of him? We're not going to see it because we're told Lon- Lonzo Ball has a, all right, get your quotation fingers ready, a sore groin. Sore groin. But if the guy's talking trash that he's better than you, don't you have to have something in your, in your groin to prove him wrong? Sam, it's Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.